I've been in uh, some places where, well, if you, you guys remember Gerardo Vasquez? Um, once in a while, he, well, in the end of an evening, we've gone out to this, call it a bar, but it's a bar. <clears throat> a place of certain beverages. And a stage with instruments. And he's an incredible musician and singer. And so uh, as he's playing away and other guys on a keyboard, they're like, I've never seen the funkiness of this keyboard player before. Uh, Sergio uh, from, yeah, yeah, you guys remember Sergio. So they're, they're doing this two-person thing, and these people are handing notes to him. Here, can you play this song? And off he goes. And then he does one for me. My friend Michael from Canada. And everybody else goes, huh? So anyway, it's funny. Um, but I got a note today. I'm on stage, and I got a note handed to me. Can you make it short today? <laughs> okay. So... We're going to make it shorter. How's that, all right? We're going to get you up before the Baptists and get to Swiss LA first. All right. Last two weeks, we've had a lot of fun. Uh, can you believe I got through 70 points in two weeks? Like, really? Yeah, that's pretty cool. We're going to continue. I found some more. Um, but we're also going to start looking at some scriptures and help unpack um, what some of these scriptures can mean and how they've been misused. So, some lines that we're going to talk about today, and again, this is about cleaning up our Christianese. Um, do you ever stop to think how people in the world see us? Um, we tell them a story, and we think it means this, and we try and sell it to them, and they go, what are you talking about? It's like this. I caught a fish. <laughs> see? It's me. That's a, do you believe it? I didn't catch that fish, but uh, no, that's that. But that's what that's what it's like when you take a wrong text and place it into a place where it doesn't belong, trying to make it say something it's not supposed to say. That is a real fish, and these are the real guys that caught it. This just happened a little while ago. It's a 10-foot, 600-pound white sturgeon. The last time it was seen was 32 years ago. Maybe 36, whatever it was. I forget what the article said. But it's a real fish, and they let it back out into the water. They can live up to 200 years. Yeah, that's a huge fish. I would love to. There are rumors of this fish in the river. Rumors of a truth. And then the truth was revealed, brought to the surface, and they go, wow, this is real. Are you starting to catch what I'm trying to make a point here? Scriptures. You don't look, the picture's not the point. What I'm talking about's the point. (laughs) This next video clip is humorous, but it'll make the point of what I'm about to walk into. Video, ready? Here are my top 15 Christian cliches. Because I've lived in the buckle of the Bible Belt my entire life, and let me tell ya, I've seen some doozies. Now please know that this video is supposed to be good-natured, and nothing about it is supposed to be controversial or anything like that. Actually, Jordan, I've read this, and I'm pretty offended by it. Derek Webb, like you're one to talk. 
praying over unhealthy food. I don't think we consider for two seconds how ridiculous it is to pray. Lord, bless this food to our bodies. Before we stuff our faces with potato chips and high fructose corn syrup. God, thank you for this day and bless this bullet to my foot. Taking photos of the sky. And then making the caption say, God's just showing off. God doesn't need a filter. No, but you do. Owning multiple Bibles, don't read any of them. Oh, but it's okay. I I've got this Bible app on my phone. That's totally what I'm doing while I'm playing with it in church. Hoping your favorite celebrity is a Christian. We've all done this before where we type in our favorite celebrity and then have Christian at the end just to see if they have ever professed Jesus Christ as their savior. Is Taylor Swift a Christian? Is Will Smith a Christian? Is Nicki Minaj in the Illuminati? Idolizing celebrities who do profess to be Christians. Did you know that being a Christian plus celebrity equals the perfect human being? I know, I had no idea either until my friends who like sports told me. The side hug. I get the side hug. I really do, but can there be anything more awkward than the side hug? Just prayers. How about when people completely overuse the word just while praying? Father God, just help us to just do what we know we're supposed to do just in you and just give us a hedge of protection and just in your name, amen. Oh, and on the subject of prayer, repeating Lord Jesus and Father God while praying. Wait, remind me who we're praying to? It's just that it's been like three words since you last said his name. Father God, we come to you today and Lord Jesus, help us to do what we, Father God, know we're supposed to do. Lord Jesus, help us to believe in you more and Jesus, help us, God, to just do what we know we're supposed to do. Father God, in Jesus' name, amen, Father God. Sowing a seed. A lot of big churches talk about sowing a seed in their ministry because you'll be blessed if you do. You know what God doesn't bless? Manipulation. The hand squeeze. We all know that one person who wants to break your hand off in the brief moments after the word amen is said. In Jesus' name, amen. Ah! Bible verses on selfies. Girls take selfies and then post them online with Bible verses as the captions. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. Luke 12, 27. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. What? Accountability partners. Hey, accountability partners aren't cliche. No, but this is. Hey, Josh, how's your Bible reading going? We should probably just worry about this later. Yeah, we'll probably stop before this gets a little too uncomfortable. Probably a good idea. Mm. Overzealous worship leaders. Don't you just feel bad for the worship leader who calls people to the front and nobody moves? Okay, I would like everybody to come up to the front. The... The spirit is only in the first few rows. If you don't come up to the front, I'm gonna lose my job! Okay, that's it. We're gonna sing of his love forever. We're gonna do it forever. Is everybody happy now? Come to the front! They sing your entire theology on one verse. Coincidentally, it's your favorite verse too. Funny how that works. Unspoken prayer requests. Or as I like to call it, fishing for attention. Well, does anybody have any prayer requests? Yes, I have an unspoken prayer request, please. Okay, well, does anyone have any other prayer requests? Because my friend called me last night and she was telling me all this crazy awful stuff going on with her and whoever else. And I just I want to tell you, but it's, it's not my secret to tell. All right, well, we'll definitely be praying for her. Don't you want to know what it is? Not if you don't want to tell us. Forget you guys! The end. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm off to go post a billion pictures of myself from a missions trip that I was on last week. And before you ask, no, I do not know the names of any of the children on my profile picture. But just look at how cute they are! And how happy I look! Man, I just have such a heart for... 
that country I was in. You can't drive to Africa, right? Okay, yeah. Okay, I'll have such a heart for Mexico. Oh, bam! Do I hear an amen? There's a whole bunch more I could have shown. That could have been the whole sermon. It would have been a humorous sermon. Folks, there's... What's that? Dom? Make sure you video right now. <laughs> well, there are dumb things we say in church that you would never say out in the world. In fact, uh, at some of my funeral services, I now say, and now everyone's invited for a time of fellowship, a.k.a. food, um, after this funeral service. It just means food, fellowship. Um, throwing in words that don't fit the context of our culture, you'd be shocked at how churchy people sound. And bless you is another big one. You know, I can get a good list going here because there, there are some phrases we've got to stop using because most of us don't even know what it means. You know, or uh, how to get out of a conversation. I'll pray for you. <laughs> Bye. And just quickly get out. Like, we do that. We, we don't know what else to say. So let's get into some fun ones. Here's a phrase. If it doesn't line up with God's word, I don't believe it. Ever hear that phrase or that concept? Well, what does that mean? It doesn't line up. This is from my friend Rudy out west. Here's what he wrote. If it doesn't line up with my preconditioned 21st century American understanding of an English translation of the Bible, I am not capable of stretching my mind to explore bigger possibilities of interpretation. <laughs> Moving on. Another phrase. The Bible plainly says, Ooh, we have used this line, the Bible plainly says this, it plainly says that, but first let's me, let me make a couple points. Unless you're a biblical scholar who knows historical and contextual context uh, of the scriptures, where they're written, who they're written to, in their original languages, then the Bible isn't actually clear about anything. Any Greek scholars here? Any Hebrew scholars? Then it's not clear to you. All right? So the phrase, it plainly says, it clearly says, remove from your vocabulary. Because it may be plainly says to you and your little denominational bubble. Now, the beauty of this church, we have so many denominations represented here. We have such a wide variety of pasts. Uh, I call myself multi-tribal because I've been a part of so many tribes and, and denominations. But as I've moved, the gift of seeing different groups has helped me realize other, there are other ways to see the interpretation of Scripture for certain things. So to suddenly just throw out the Bible clearly says is not fair. Cherry picking a scripture to make a point is called proof texting, and it's a theological no-no. Second, the Bible can be used to make nearly any point we care for. How about justifying slavery? And shall we go on? You can, you can make it say, hey, now we can have multiple wives. Now we can have this. It's crazy what... It clearly says. So be careful and shy away from the individuals who trumpet the Bible clearly says because, for one, they don't want to argue. Then you have this other phrase, and I grew up with this one. Um, it says, the Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it. Okay. That, uh, I can say, right, me too. I could, I could say the exact same thing, but what's it really saying? 
The Bible says it. I believe it. That settles it. The implication is I trust the Bible. Then say that, but don't say this. Because it's, back, it's connected to the previous one the Bible plainly says. If we disagree on the text, then who's right? Okay? Somebody's wrong, somebody's right, or you're both wrong. Probably that's more likely. But just so you know, it, just to say the Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it, it's a way of shutting down any kind of conversation. <laughs> when they say this, what they're really saying is my, it's what my understanding of the Bible says. So terminology, if you haven't learned that in the last two weeks, wording and terminology matters. Um, Steve McVeigh uh, wrote a book called 52 Lies Heard in Church Every Sunday. And uh, I want to read to you um, uh, lie number 23, a part of it. It says, you should live by the teachings of the Bible. Okay, and he explains why the phrase is a lie. Again, you should have learned by now, wording matters. All right? Because uh, we, we hear people say, I live by the Bible. I, I'm the person of the Bible. And uh, it, rethink this. I believe the Bible is God's word. And I will tell you that as Christ lives through us, we'll neither live in a way that contradicts what the Bible teaches. The Bible is profitable, Paul said, for instruction in righteousness. The Bible teaches us, but we're not living by the teaching of the Bible. We are living by, here it is, the life of Christ in us. Do you see how getting more accurate makes the picture clearer? Otherwise, it can sound like, what are you saying? You don't live by the Bible? Implying I don't have a high regard and trust for the scriptures. That's not true at all. You know my heart by now already. I, I, I rely on them. Uh, that's, that's where we get our teaching from. But I don't live even by the written word. I live by Christ who lives in me, who directs me to his word, who reveals himself in this word. That's, that's kind of the cool point there. Um, Listen to the distinction there. The source of our life is not the Bible. The source of our life is Jesus Christ. The scripture says, in him we live and move and exist. Christ is our life source. We don't live by the teachings of the Bible. We live by the life of Christ. Christ animates our lifestyle. The Bible teaches us the ways that Jesus Christ wants to express his life through us, but the source of our life is the living word of God, Jesus Christ himself. The reason it's important to know this is because if you believe that we live by the teaching of the Bible, then the Bible can become a guidebook or an instruction manual, and you can become like the Pharisees and study the scriptures so that what you learn, uh, so that you can learn what you have to do. So Get that picture? Really important? But the truth is this. The Bible is not a guidebook. The Bible is a grace book that points us to Jesus. And as we live in him, he lives through us. Then we approach the Bible in the right way, knowing that Christ is our source, life source, and the Bible is his letter to us, revealing himself to us, teaching us, so that we will know how he will live his life through us. We love our Bible, but we live by the life of Jesus Christ. Does God speak through any other ways besides the Bible? Some, if it doesn't say in the Bible, I can't believe it, right? Well, th- that phrase is also used. You know, if it's not in there, it can't be true. This is not the exhaustive truth of, inter- of, of everything in, in this world. Talk to any scientist. Okay, this is not a scientific book, and yet it alludes to science. They're not in contradiction of each other. 
In fact, science has probably made this come more alive than we have possibly, possibly understood. The idea of how God speaks to us, he doesn't just speak through the written word. He speaks through nature. He speaks through people. He speaks through history. There are more ways that he speaks to us. It's not just the written word. I hope you understand that by now. But in the vein of religion and control, there's another phrase that commonly comes out of believers' mouths. God told me so. Hmm. I've had people tell me, God told me that you should be doing this or that. Well, my little response, now I don't hear it much anymore because I'm not around those people. Um, <laughs> but now my response would be, well, that's funny. I talk to him all the time. He never mentioned you or that. Hmm. People, be careful with the line, God told me. Does God speak to us? Yes. But to use that as leverage to force your way into a conversation or elevate yourself into a position where people will now look to you because, ooh, God speaks to that person. Believe me, religious people know how to manipulate and navigate through religious circles to get into roles and positions of power and authority through the right phrases and make themselves look really good. It happens all the time. God told me? How about suggest this kind of a phrase? You know what? I think God's been speaking to me about this subject, and here's what I'm, I'm learning from him. It's pretty cool. You know, so be less dogmatic and far more gentle and humble in your approach. And you'll start to have greater conversations with people about scriptures instead of pulling the I, I, God told me card. I, I, I turn that off now. I don't, I don't have anything to do with that uh, when it comes into a dogmatic argument with people. Finished. All right. Number four. A Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. How many have heard this before? Yes. Oh, I grew up with this. It's hilarious. It means the more battered up and the torn pages. The other day, I, I ripped a page of my Bible. No! Well, years ago, I would have gone, yes! <laughs> it's, it's ripped. Look! You know, and certain pages have color. Oh, that's a red letter. I didn't put that in. That was by the... Uh, but there's, there's yellow highlights. See the slight yellow? And there's pink... Oh yeah, this is obviously uh, not a well-used Bible according to somebody's terms. The impression and the understanding. This has been taught in Sunday schools across North America. I've seen it in the curriculum. This phrase, a Bible that's falling apart, belongs to someone who usually isn't. Okay? Let me show you the lie and the misunderstanding and then the truth. The lie is... All you got to do is look at the outward appearance of somebody, how they're looking at their Bible, scouring through. In fact, not too long ago, I had a, an individual come up to me um, with a very lit up Bible, clearly well used and using it. It was a club. It was a battering ram. Boom, it says this, it says this. And the, 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 the venom that was coming out of this individual's mouth was not pleasant. Uh, Listerine couldn't fix the problem. Nothing could but a heart change. The person knew the words written on the pages, but did not know the spirit and heart of the one who wrote them. There's a big difference. I don't care how well you know your Bible. 
uh, if you know it really well, I don't want to get into a, a Bible war with you. You'd win. Um, but uh, uh, God has taught me differently. My personality doesn't, it's not able to retain the computerized categorical this versus there and be able to spew off left, right, and center. The, those guys, they intimidate me. And uh, they impress everybody else, but they scare me. And yet I want them in my court if there's ever a fight. <laughs> you know? Knowing and having all this and shoving it in people's faces as a battering ram totally is the opposite of why this was written. This was written to humble us, to show us the love of Christ, to enter into conversations, not to manipulate and control people, but to love and enable and build up one another. That's what this is for. It's beautiful. Um, what about those people who beat up their Bible by throwing their gym bag and gets you know, wrecked by the sandwich that got, uh, the wrapping got open in there so now it's wrecked by that extra juice of the sandwich and, and everything else that goes in a gym bag like that's a wrecked up Bible? Really? So you, know, you guys get the point. Next. Here's a, uh, a phrase I used to use. I do not use it anymore. Thank goodness. If you died today, do you know, do you know where you'd spend eternity? How many have used this line first? If you've ever done evangelism ministries, this is primary one. Uh, how many have heard this line before? Okay, everybody. Okay, good. First of all, the answer is no. You don't know, and neither do they. You don't have enough information. Okay? Just for the record. Heaven, hell... All those discussions, that's uh, destination obsession, uh, which we still have much to learn about. There's a lot of things that Scripture alludes to which are beautiful and have much hope in, and it's where my hope is in, in Christ. But they're not absolutely dogmatically clear. So be careful. Plus, what this does, when you use this tactic, when you hear somebody use it, unfortunately, they don't realize how elite they're making themselves. They have inside knowledge that you just may not. Therefore, you need to listen to the rest of my conversation. It's a manipulation tool to cause a conversation. Secondly, it's an absolute invasion of somebody's space. When you pull off a question like this on the street, downtown, whatever, and you want to say, you know, you go up to somebody high. Because uh, honestly, this is one of the main lines for most evangelism programs of how to, how to knock on the door. Hi, do you know where you'll be if you die tonight? And have, you're like, I think about it all the time. Jay's game? What's the score? You're like, think of the invasion into somebody's deep, 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 deep life. Because this, this is a spiritual question. How have you got the right to go from no relationship to the, probably the most detailed core of a person's need and wants and spiritual life? Heck, we don't even do that here. We're getting to know people as we fellowship and as we connect and go out for burgers and, and brew and iced tea and coffee and you name it. That's how we get to know each other so we can go through those layers to hear the heart of a person. But to slam somebody with such a question violates everything about relationships. Which is why Jesus came. <laughs> so we can have relationship. That's just one of the questions. There are many others. But think 
before you blurt something out. I still love what Ben Brumelhaus did last week at the Buskers Festival. Some soapbox preacher was spewing words from Scripture in a dogmatic way, which we've all seen before, and he challenged them. He said, That's, that, Jesus wasn't even talking about us. And the man said, you're trying to twist Scripture, you're violating the Word of God, blah, 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 blah. And this is 12-year-old challenging somebody who clearly does not understand the context of certain scriptures and using it as a club to make themselves feel better and more superior than the rest who he is already judging that they are going to hell. Crazy, huh? Number six. Number six. When God closes a door, he opens a window. Why does he shut the door in the first place? Answer that question. Why is it making it more difficult to get out of this room? And this is a dumb cliche. Please don't ever use it again. Do not use it. All right? Because what you're really saying is, God did this. And usually it applies to somebody walking through something pretty deep, painful. It is so unloving. It's Christian y, it's religion. And that fits in that context. But we're escaping religion, the system of rules, and moving towards grace, being gracious in our conversations. And unfortunately, some of our phraseology has got to be renewed. And by pointing some of them out, we can learn to think first before we speak. That's the purpose of this. All right. Number seven means uh, I'm going to stop here because then I can listen to the little card that somebody gave me. I can end early. So we're going to end now. And I'll finish up uh, next week because I've got some great stuff. Um, but we're going to get into some more of this as the weeks follow. In fact, we're going to dig into some pretty big scriptures that I have misunderstood growing up, that I have I've personally mispreached because uh, I didn't understand the context. And when I went to the original languages and discovered for myself... <laughs> What? I was wrong. I'm, I've brought it to Hope Fellowship many times, but some of the ones that are going to be coming up are, they're doozies. They're good. And I think you'll be greatly encouraged. And if nothing else, hopefully it feeds a hunger for you to read your scriptures, the ones you've been given, and to go deeper than just the surface reading, to begin to study. But study doesn't come from being told to. It comes from hunger. So I want to know what this says. This seems to contradict the love of God that I've been hearing about. Let me dig deeper and then you find out, wow, they mistranslated that word. Wait a minute, they added that word. It's not even in there. It's starting to sound like Seinfeld. But anyway, this is how it works. As we grow deeper in our understanding of who God is and his love for us and knowing his word. 